0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bullet...
0: You hear the sirens. The disaster continues. The world has burned, been nuked, flooded, all kinds of uh, monster attacks, alien attacks. Man, we've been through the ringer this summer, and we're still not done yet. We still got fucking this one. We've got a fucking ecological oil disaster. We still got snakes on planes. We still got uh, (laughs) zombie apocalypse. Man, we got it all still coming here. We the, the summer just won't fucking end, but I think we're having a lot of fun with it. So, uh, the spook show summer disaster continues. I'm Josh and I'm joined here with Donnie and the professor smoke. What's up? Will couldn't be with us. He's on a sign. He's off putting out brush fire somewhere in another, in another disaster somewhere else on the planet. So he's not going to be able to join us this week, but yeah, we're here to talk about 2016's deep water horizon. Now, I think this fits obviously fits the disaster criteria, but this isn't like a worldwide disaster. This is more of like a, I, I, it's probably more than a localized disaster too, but it's still like, it's more of like a regional disaster. You know, <laughs> this was a bad thing. And, and this is rare for us too, because this is a, I think they term it as a biog- biographical disaster. So like this actually happened. This is based on a true story. You know, I'm sure like most movies do, they fudge some aspects of it, but for the most part, uh, I think I even read that they 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 really uh, were uh, commended for how much they did get right here. There were certain things they didn't talk about or maybe they didn't uh, expand on, but for the most part, I think they they told the story pretty much the way it happened. So uh, we're we're going to be talking about Deepwater Horizon from 2016. I think this is going to be a an interesting one for sure. Um, before we dive into it, though. I'll go ahead and toss out some of the usual information. And that is, we want you to go check out a We call that the center of the spook show universe from there. You can go to our, all of our podcast archives are there. Uh, patreon.com slash You can get to it from there. Uh, where every month we have video mini shows, including the library, of the professor we, every month we have crapster Peace theater and uh, good Lord. We've got another one. <laughs> we've got another turd lined up in the pipe for this week or this week. It's not this week. It's this month comes out July 20. 20- Actually it is this week. It comes out this Friday. Sorry. I'm all, I'm all out of whack. I need to look at the actual fucking calendar. It comes out this Friday over on patreoncom slash a And we're going to be, we're going to be watching barbed wire. <laughs> you know, up to this, up to this point, I had avoided this, you know, like mm. I knew that it looked like shit. I knew it had Pamela Anderson in it, which, you know, she's hot, but that's about all I knew about it. I had avoided watching it up to this point. So, Come find out what we have to say about that this Friday. Except Donnie, right? Yeah. Donnie, yeah. yeah, I won't
2: yeah. be there. Yeah.
0: I, I, was Part the, of, uh, I was the lucky shit last month. I didn't have to watch a disaster movie. So yeah. now I've got to watch wire. So thanks for that. Mm.
2: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Yeah. You're like the, the little <laughs> dog that comes in and takes a crap on your rug and then runs, oh, away, runs away giggling.
2: No, I just, you know, kind of scooch my ass across the carpet, yeah. you know, and just leave a little, little bit of a stain. Just kind of rub brown, it in.
0: Big brown skid mark on the rug called barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're it'd probably be me and smoke there for that one. Cause I, I, Willie's been busy knee deep doing this, that, and the other thing. So he probably won't be there for that, but yeah, that, that'll come at you this Friday over on Patreon and, uh, also over on our YouTube channel. Uh, we've got tons of stuff going on there Grindhouse Gutter, Video Vortex, Hammer Horror in Order, Traumatic Experience. Lots of cool stuff to check out over there. So, uh, all that from com. So, I guess without any uh, further build up, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Deepwater Horizon. Give
2: me those eyes.
0: Now, do you need to get me a fossil?
2: I I
1: want to be able to hold it up and say my daddy tames the dinosaurs. We are big company, millions of moving parts. Hey, how you doing,
0: man?
2: We all work very hard to ensure those moving parts are functioning as means to very profit win for all of us. Have it
1: <laughs> Hey, come close to the computer. Give me those eyes. Oh, no! That is a genuine dinosaur tooth.
2: She's gonna flip out! you good man, Mike. Is there someone at your door? Are you seeing this? Mike, what is that? Is everything okay? We gotta go right now! I'll call you back! I'll call you back! When the world's caving in.
0: All right, there you go. That's the trailer for that. Now, I guess my first question here is, uh uh Smoke, have you seen this one before?
1: No, this was actually my first time. I don't know why. I, I, I mean, it's Kurt Russell, and, and like, I don't know why I, I somehow avoided this movie for this long. I mean, I did not not intentionally. I'd forgotten all about it until it popped up on our uh, wheel spin for this episode. Donnie, what
0: about you?
2: Yeah, this was a first time watch for me. I just, I man, I just didn't get to it. It wasn't really on my list to watch. Yeah. So. I just didn't get around I've,
0: to it. I've seen it before, but I don't recall whether I went to the theater to see this or not. And, Cause I saw it back around that time. So I don't remember if it mm-hmm. was in the theater or a little later on, once it came out on home, came out on home video, but I have seen it before. All, although only once, uh, I think that's probably part of the problem with this movie is that it, I'm not going to say it's necessarily forgettable and we'll get into it, but it's like, it's one of those type of films to me. Like once you've kind of seen it, you've seen it, you know, like, yeah, you don't, it's not a repeat viewing kind of thing. And that's not, yeah. that's not shitting on it. It's just some movies, in my opinion, play like that. Like, okay. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. And when someone mentions it it's oh yeah, that's that movie about that. You know, like you're not going to, it's not, I, don't, I wouldn't yeah. think this is anyone's favorite movie where you're going to buy it and watch it over and over. Right. But who knows? Mm, no. wrong. <laughs> uh, some of the background information I was able to pull, there was two alternate titles that I found. One from France, it was just called Deep Water. And mm. the Japanese-English title was Burning Ocean, <laughs> which that's very literal.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, Burning can your o- o- fault.
0: Burning Ocean. But all the other titles I saw were just some, you know, interpretation of uh, Deep Water Horizon. It mm. debuted September 13th of 2016 at the Toronto International Film Festival. And then it was released wide September 30th. 2016 it was produced by here's one of those it's one of those movies that has like 18 producers produced by summit entertainment participant media d bonaventura pictures closest to the whole closest to the hold productions <laughs> what is it i know <laughs> uh,
2: on, I say that again
0: closest to the whole productions <laughs> and <laughs> Why the fuck not? And leverage I mean, inter- leverage entertainment, and it was distributed by Lionsgate. So I'm sure that means there's just a lot of like international fingers in the pie here, as far as like uh, the money.
2: You know what I mean? Fingers hole. Okay, yeah, clo-
0: whichever one was closest to the hole, that's it. <laughs> that's who was paying for it. Uh, not nah, the wrong. Yeah, no. Well, Maybe you never know. Rated <laughs> PG-13. Total runtime of one hour and forty-seven minutes. On IMDb, it's listed as an action, drama, history, filmed in the new orleans various s- spots around new orleans and uh Chalamet, port fortune galliano louisiana uh i never found a a complete production window but production looks like it started around april 27th of 2015 i don't know how long it took i was never able to peg a that all, mm. all that but it was done for a budget of 110 million dollars damn yeah well i mean once you watch it you kind of understand
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, but still. But, but damn. Here,
0: here's the part. Here's the bad part. It only grossed 121.7 million. All in, mm-hmm. they lost somewhere in their neighborhood of 60 to 112 million dollars on this movie. Well,
2: yeah, when you when you you know include marketing yeah, and everything, follow-up. yeah, all in
0: everything that goes into putting out a movie, like especially one with this kind of budget, with this cast and everything, they lost their ass off on this movie. I've got the top 10 in the box office that weekend that it came out. So this is September 30th through October 2nd of 2016. One of Smoke's favorite years, right? 2016. Number 10, Snowden. Number nine, Bridget Jones Baby. Number eight, Don't Breathe. You know, I've still never, I've still haven't sat down and watched that one. But I've heard oh, good things about yeah. it. But I've heard, you know, I haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, something I'm sure we'll get to here on the show eventually.
2: Of course. Number yeah.
0: seven, Queen of Catway. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure. Number six. Yeah,
2: it's the, the cat's prequel.
0: <laughs> oh God.
2: <laughs> I'm just I'm just, I'm just playing. I don't know. Mr. Sandy know bottoms or
0: whatever the fuck that thing was called in the damn movie. You know, I don't what? know. I didn't watch it. Yeah. You know what? Fuck that movie and fuck you for bringing it up. <laughs> Number six in its debut weekend masterminds. Number five, Sully. That was the Tom Hanks, uh, yeah. Miracle on the Hudson movie, right? Number four, mm. Storks. Number three, The Magnificent Seven. And that was in its second week. Number two, in its debut weekend, Deepwater Horizon. It made $20.2 that opening weekend. Mm. And then number one, also in its opening weekend, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Opened up with uh $28.8 that weekend. So Miss Peregrine took out Deepwater Horizon that weekend, Smoke.
1: Mm. <laughs> i never saw that one either
2: though no. yeah i never even heard of it but then again you know that doesn't really say much
0: i don't think i saw any well maybe not any of those movies but not many of those movies i don't think
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that was a weird year then for movies i mean that week particularly because yeah i don't think i saw any of those Cause either that, except maybe
0: because i never even saw that remake of the magnificent seven either like i remember like kind of wanting to go see it but never did that, that that for me, I think that's around that time period where I wasn't watching as many movies, you know, when they were coming out because, like, nothing was really striking me. And uh, Yeah. So, I, th- there's, like, a laundry list of movies from those years that, like, I need to go back and watch. But. So, there you go. That's your uh, top ten snapshot in the old box office there. This movie, though, was actually nominated for two Oscars. It didn't win either of them, but it was uh nominated for Best Sound Editing, and it lost that one to the movie Arrival. You remember that mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. invasion type flick and it was nominated for best visual effects and lost that one to the jungle book, the jungle book. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, the remake, you know, the live action remake
1: of the jungle book. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Which yeah. if you've seen that, you could understand that winning the visual effects, you know, Oscar. That's
2: Yeah.
1: I was just like, I didn't realize it was like 2016 seems a long time ago. <laughs> it's not really all that long ago, but uh, it see, I saw it. I thought the Jungle Book was newer than
0: that. Was this uh, roughly seven years ago? So, yeah, it does feel like it was longer ago, but not really. Of course, this whole movie is based on the actual Deepwater Horizon oil spill that happened. Uh, it was a Deepwater Horizon drilling rig explosion that happened April 20th of 2010. So they didn't waste any, any time, really. Like, what, six years? The the yeah. The full movie is already out. I think the real deal, the real event ended up being, like, w- one of, if not the largest environmental disaster in U.S. history because of all the oil that came out, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it was like 87 days the blowout lasted yeah. of the, you know, that before means it was billi- ended. What, it was like,
0: like, billions and billions of gallons of oil just fucking spilling into the Gulf of Mexico? So, yeah, it's a pretty bad, pretty bad deal. It,
1: yeah, and it's like... Yeah, I mean, I- the ecological aspects of it too. Not just the, you know, immediate disaster of the oil rig explosion and all that. But, uh, but yeah, lasting effect,
0: you know, and they didn't really go deep into that aspect of it in this movie. The only thing you yeah. really even saw that aspect of it was just the fact, you know, other than the aftermath part was when that like, uh, what was that? A, a pelican or a, something that like yeah. flew into the uh, boat and was kind of going yeah. shit on the bridge.
1: It yeah covered, covered covered in oil, and yeah, yeah. yeah, just fluttered around hitting the windows and all kind
2: of shit that was, <laughs> yeah.
0: that was really about the only part of the movie where they kind of leaned in on like yeah this is going to be bad you know but it wasn't yeah. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily about the aftermath this movie was about the rig explosion itself and the oh, yeah. the people that died and the people that survived there is that that's what this was about but yeah this this directly you know th- this was a completely true story this actually did happen and, and was one of the worst uh ecological disasters in united states history and a lot of people uh lost a lot of money (laughs) on this one not not on the movie well they did lose money on the movie but on the actual thing itself like bp i think they said they had to play pay like billions in like uh, ecological uh, felonies fines and shit so like yeah that this was not good and they did touch on that a little (laughs) bit like in the aftermath of the movie you know but
1: yeah yeah yeah. i mean the movie it's true to, I guess the story for the most part, other than embellishing what they need to for the dramatic effect and everything. But, but yeah, once you watch the movie, you'll not, you'll see that if, if it is indeed portrayed that correctly with the BP corporate people in here, you're like, yeah, they definitely deserve to lose all those billions.
0: Yeah. I didn't, you know up, I didn't look yeah. up much of that, but like, remember they did say in the aftermath where like, you know, Johnny survived this person died, whatever that stuff they do at the end of these type of movies. Yeah. Those two guys that were kind of the head assholes of BP or whatever, they, they, uh, didn't it say they went to jail or something for it? No, or?
2: they were—they uh, were actually not more than one. I
1: thought I had manslaughter charges. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it
2: was. yeah, yeah. They were both for um, uh, man. Well, I think it was they were brought up on manslaughter charges, and then the the charges were later dismissed. Yeah, which is fucked. Yeah, you know, but the whole but,
0: situation was fucked. You know.
2: Um, and also something something else that we had uh, we. Had, Kind of actually Josh you and I were talking about it uh, um, just yeah, is it was uh the there was another
0: toward the beginning of July
2: I don't say another but it was a, like an oil rig or oil platform that so, had uh caught fire
0: yeah it was something similar to this where was that at I, I'm I'm blanking on where that was because I know
2: it's in the Gulf of Mexico Bay of campeche yeah wow <laughs> crazy.
0: I'm sure these, unfortunately, these things probably happen more often than you, we really all are always fully aware. I think this one got a lot of play because it was a big one. Like, Mm. you know, this was a big deal. I remember when it happened at the time, this was a big deal because obviously the loss of life, but then like, like Donnie said, for what, two or three months afterwards, oil was just (laughs) spilling into the ocean. So that was a big deal for a while after this happened. Not that any of the other ones aren't but you know i think that's why we know so much about this one it was you know
2: yeah it was just covered so yeah
0: very you know. heavily but unfortunately these things do do tend to happen you know time to time
2: yeah um something else so just kind of on the background a little bit um they built an oil rig uh just for filming and uh director peter berg claimed you know uh it was one of the largest practical sets that was ever constructed.
0: I did make some note about that. I saw it was an eighty-five percent scale version of it of the rig, and they built it and they built it in a parking lot of the abandoned Six Flags New Orleans theme park. Yeah. And then they put it in a tank of two million gallons of water, and then of course, you know, I'm sure CGI'd the rest of the ocean around it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, to simulate the the ocean and everything. This thing had a functional helipad and elevators in it. So it was about as close as you get to the real rig built, <laughs> built in a damn old theme park parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the one good thing here is that where they filmed this at is basically right where it happened. So hopefully the people that lived in that region were able to benefit a little bit from the movie. being filmed yeah. There, you know, yeah, that's true. Uh, It was directed by Peter Berg, who uh, may possibly better be known as he was the director. He's actually an actor, too. And you've probably seen him in a ton of stuff. But he also directed, uh, remember that dark comedy back in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Very Bad Things? He directed that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He directed Friday Night Lights, uh, the Will Smith uh, flick, Hancock. Uh, He was an actor in, this is one that we will definitely get to here on The Spook Show eventually, Shocker. (laughs) He was in that as (laughs) well. He was in fire in the sky. That's another one that we might get to one of these days. Uh He's done tons of stuff, tons of movies, tons of TV. Peter Berg, you know, if you, and he's one of those guys if you see him you're like, "Oh yeah, it's that guy." You know, like he's not like a major star or anything, but he's definitely a big character actor of the last 20, 30 years. Uh screenplay by Matthew Michael Carnahan and Matthew Sand. Carnahan, uh he wrote World War Z and Matthew Sand, he wrote Ninja Assassin. Uh, that this movie stars. It's got a pretty good cast. It stars Mark Wahlberg as Mike Williams. Uh, well, I mean, good lord, Mark Wahlberg is one of the biggest uh, movie stars on the planet these days. But uh, yeah, you, know, you might know him as uh, what the Funky Bunch, right? Because <laughs> 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 his brother was uh Donnie uh, Wahlberg, right? He was in New Kids on the Block, and he was in the Marky Mark yeah. or whatever. Uh, but he he hilarious. He had his big breakout role in Boogie Nights. That's probably the one, right? That really like took him from just a guy you knew from that shit in the late eighties, early nineties to this dude's a legit star. Uh, yeah. To, and Something
2: on. else about, uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. This is also, I think his either sixth or seventh movie he's done where, uh, you know, all of them have been to so say like six or seven of them are been, uh, based on the true story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He has kind of become like yeah. one of the guys that does these type of movies. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Like the perfect storm.
2: Yeah. Another... That,
0: that was based on a true story, right? Yeah. And of course the uh the happening. That was a true story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if life was bullshit. Hopefully though that hopefully it doesn't go the route of Steve Gutenberg later in life, like you know. Oh god. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg used to do a lot of true story movies like the Poseidon remake, right?
0: Yeah, but I think the difference is Mark Wahlberg. I
1: Mark Wahlberg is in danger of that happens. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was about to say Mark Wahlberg stuff is good, like whereas that was just bad, bad stuff. <clears throat> and of course, stars Kurt Russell as Jimmy Harrell. What I mean, good lord! Once again, one of the bigger movie stars of the last what you could argue, golly, uh, over forty years, probably last fifty plus years. I mean, he's been acting since he was a little kid on like sitcoms and. And uh, gun smoke and all kinds of shit. I mean, his 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 resume goes way the fuck back. Um, but you would know him from Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, the list. You know, we could ha- literally have mm-hmm. a whole Spook Show spotlight on Kurt Russell, and I'm sure one of these days we will. Uh, Gina Rodriguez as Andrea Flatus. Uh, she would. She may be known best from the, uh, the series that ran on the CW for years, Jane the Virgin. Uh, she was also in the movie Annihilation and uh, more recently, like in the last year or two, she was in the, I think it was like a straight to Netflix movie called Awake, which if I remember correctly, was kind of a messed up movie. I don't know if either of you guys watched that one.
2: Mm-mm. No, I never in, did. Pre-
0: in premise alone, it's messed up because the whole premise, if I recall is nobody could go to sleep. Like it's like one of those, the happening type deals where all of a sudden everyone on the planet can't sleep anymore. Mm. And now you're dealing with the consequences of that. Like, you know, three or four days in the world descends into madness because nobody can go to sleep. I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's pretty crazy.
1: You're everybody turns into like a meth addict or whatever after like on a binge for basically, eight yes. or nine, ten. 10- <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah.
0: Like within like a week or two, everything's just insane and pure insanity. Uh, John Malkovich is also in it as, uh, Don Vidren. Uh, he's another one just like Kurt Russell and Mark Wahlberg at this point, tons of movies. He was in, in the line of fire, Con Air, uh, Smoke, Shadow of, the, Shadow of the Vampire. He was in that one. Didn't he play uh, Nosferatu or whatever in that one? Or the actor,
1: yeah. Mike, Max Schreck, oh. right? What? Wait a minute. Who was it? Oh, no. He played... Uh, who did he play in that? Because you, you're talking what? about Malkovich, right? Now he... The oh,
0: Shrek was character was actually played
1: by Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, yeah, yeah. I think he played the uh, well, director, right. uh, yeah. W. Murphy. Maybe you're right.
0: Maybe you're right. But, yeah. Another one that we will get to, for sure. Probably after... Yeah. We- Probably after we watch Nosferatu, one of the various Nosferatu is like, you know, officially <laughs> on the show, and then we'll uh, do Shadow of the Vampire at some point. But
1: yeah, yeah. That, that's a lot. Would but that's, be a good double feature, and that's neither here nor there. But watching two the watching those two together
2: would be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to refresh. For your convenience, we have an attractive refreshment stand with a
0: parade of items to tempt your taste. Hot buttered popcorn, golden good
2: and fresh from the popper. Your favorite candies, wholesome and rich and full of flavor. Ice cream and other good things to eat. Plus, ice cold Coca-Cola. So bright, so bracing, with a taste and tingle all its own.
0: For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So as we do, hop on over to audible.com. I just typed in Deepwater Horizon to see what would pop up. Sure enough, surprise, surprise, I guess, you know, in a real-life scenario like this, we did get some stuff to pop up. We've got Fire on the Horizon, the untold story of the explosion aboard the Deepwater Horizon by Tom Schroeder and John Conrad. That one is uh, just shy of eight and a half hours long. Let's see, we've got, this is an Audible exclusive, Run to Failure, BP and the Making of the Deepwater Horizon Disaster by Abraham Lustgarten. That one is almost 14 and a half hours long. And uh, let's see, one more, uh, A Sea in Flames by Carl Safina. That one is just under 12 hours long. And it's, a, it's also about the Deepwater Horizon blowout. So if if you wanted to get uh, maybe a deeper look into some of the stuff they didn't cover in the movie or that we'll talk about here today, go over to uh, audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio books. Now I'm going to, Hop on over to, uh, we're just going to do some plot summaries on IMDb today. I don't feel like dealing with chat GPT right now. So, uh, yeah, we got, we got a few here. We'll read a couple. We got the short one. A dramatization of the disaster in April 2010 when the offshore drilling rig called the Deepwater Horizon exploded, resulting in the worst oil spill in American history. Uh, then I'll skip down to a slightly longer one here. And this one was uh, submitted by Nick Reganus over on IMDb. April 20th, 2010, manned by 126 crew members, the semi-submersible offshore oil drilling rig, Deepwater Horizon, is free-floating over the Gulf of Mexico, 41 miles southeast of the Louisiana coast. But before long, Chief Electronics Technician Mike Williams and the seasoned rig supervisor Jimmy Harrell are shocked to discover that the standard procedure regarding the cement foundation, the only thing between the rig and a blowout, has been bypassed by orders of BP's executives, Donald Vidron and Robert Caluza. Clueless about the stability of the well and whether the integrity of the concrete has been compromised or not. The greedy managers push to start pumping intent on cutting expenses and disaster strikes. As a result, an endless chain of malfunctions transforms the deep water horizon into a blazing inferno while Williams and Harold heroically struggle to rescue their shipmates in the worst oil disaster in the U S history that lasted 87 nightmarish days. So there you go. Where you, I mean, really like, this kind of movie, like you really do need to see it because it's more of a, a spectacle kind of, right? Like, cause really it's, you're well into the movie before. I don't want to say nothing happens, but it, it takes a long time to finally get to when there's quote unquote action. Right. Yeah. was it,
1: yeah uh, building their, what their characters. And even though it's based on a true story, I guess building that, <laughs> that, uh, showing you all the safety regulations that were broken by the, BP corporate people and all that stuff. So Before yeah. anything actually yeah, does happen, like I
0: said. Yeah, I mean, I actually was paying attention to the clock. You're 51 minutes in to the movie before the, you know, the blowout happens. Uh, and then from there, though, it's mass chaos to the end. So, I mean, I think oh, yeah. you, you get your fair share from pretty much from there to the end. But oh, yeah. building up to that, it's basically just what you could argue the first third, maybe even the first half of the movie. It's just half-assery and mistakes piling up, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. uh, yeah. I'd-
0: you get a lot of character work, you know, you're introduced to all the main characters and all the side characters yeah. and all that stuff. And then you quickly realize, all right, these are the good guys. These BP guys are the bad guys, you know, and then they're kind of having that yeah. tug of war of like, <laughs> fuck you, start it. Fuck, you know, we need to make sure. And then eventually you get there and then when it happens, boom, I think, I think you get your money's worth though. Once the shit goes down, like I, I as far as the look of it, I think they did a good job in this movie of the look, you know, the the visual effects and everything like the cinematography, you know, I, I think they do a good job here of just showing you what, you know, as close as you would want to get uh, what this would have been like if you were in the they, middle of it. Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah. They, they, they did a, you know, certainly a great job of, you know, portraying what it may have been like,
0: and you know, ha- <laughs> so. I think hats off too to the, uh, the writers, uh, what was that? Uh, the two Matthews, Matthew Sand and Carnahan or whatever. Uh, I think they did a good job of, of, of putting this together and making it a compelling story and making you care about the characters as much as you do. You know, the ones that you see that are lost, the ones that survive mm-hmm. and everything, but like the character work I, I thought was pretty well done here to make you care, about this. Cause you know, I know that sounds like, well, that's pretty easy, right? This was a horrible, true story. It's pretty easy. Yeah. But like, that's not always the case with these type of movies. Sometimes, you know, they fumble that,
1: you know, yeah. They, yeah. They fumble I that mean, part of it. you've got to, I mean, it's not like Kurt Russell can be Kurt Russell and go into this character, you know, like, <laughs> like snake Plissken or whatever, you know, yeah. he's got to be a real life type person. And you got to kind of get into the head of that, I guess, rather than just creating your own characters. I would imagine it's probably much more difficult to do, something portraying a true character than it is a fictional one. I would, I would imagine,
0: you know, the funny thing about that too, is that this actually, you know, obviously a true story we've, we've, you know, explained that well enough, but this was actually adapted from a New York times article. That's, I guess, basically how they got the rights to, to make this movie or tell this story. It was adapted from a a New York times article from Christmas of 2010 called Deepwater horizons, final hours uh yeah. that's what they took that i guess that was the the bones right of the story the frame and then they they turned a the screenplay out of it so uh yeah i i really think they did a good job with that though just uh putting it together making you care about these characters and uh to that i think you know and that's what i one thing i made, made my notes you need an asshole just get john malkovich cuz like,
2: he's a-, <laughs> a great villain too i mean you know that's that's probably you know, an, another spotlight that we could do, like, great horror or, you know, like, not not so much horror, but, you know, Greek, great movie villains.
0: Great villains, yeah. Mm-hmm. He I guarantee you, uh, Malkovich, something Malkovich has done will come up in that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's just good at it. Okay. Now, like, there's some yeah. guys that are just good at certain particular things. And one of his things is just being, like, the sharp asshole, you know, <laughs> or a villain <laughs> or however you want to frame <laughs> it. Like, he, he's just good. Like, you want... Once again, this is a true story, so you have to tread lightly. But you almost want this guy to get hurt. You know, in this movie, right? I'm not talking about in real life. In this movie, you want this guy like, you know what? This motherfucker deserves it, you know? <laughs> but what what happens to him, Smoke? He gets out.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's Of course. He's on the uh, one of the ships, and then you see him in, uh, you know, as this, the, uh, what do you call it, not escape ships, the damn uh, lifeboats or whatever. It's, yeah. And then uh, Kurt Russell makes contact with him and makes sure he knows that, you know, yeah, these the, the people that were in the drill room died. You know, nobody in the drill room hardly made it out. And then he makes sure that he, yeah. you know, that he feels that or whatever.
0: He yeah uh, he he gives him the hard stink eye and then get on the boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> get the you
0: disgust me. Get out of here. Yeah, I mean, what what can you say about that? The blowout, the explosion, and everything. I mean, like it's it's edge of your seat type action. You know what I mean? Like like you want to see everybody survive? How do they survive? I mean. Uh, once again, it's a true story. So, you know, certain people didn't make it out, although you don't know which ones, you know, until you get further along in the story, unless you're, you know, well-versed in what happened. But, um, it really is like edge of your seat type action as far as, you know, just watching the survival and everybody get out of there. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, I bet that, I mean, I didn't see it in the theater and apparently a lot of other people didn't either because it flopped, but this would have yeah. been a great theatrical experience. I would think once yeah. you, you know, when all that stuff's going on yeah. as far as the, uh, you know. One to have seen in the theater for that aspect.
0: I really feel like I did. Like for some reason, I I feel like I did see this, but you know, I just can't remember. I know I saw it. I just (laughs) can't remember theater or not, but I want to say I might have, but yeah, it, it, it really is well done. That aspect of it, just watching it, the, the, uh, the, you know, the blowout watching it blow up, explode, everything kind of slowly crumbling as they're trying to get off of it. I mean, like it really is well done. I, I can't say enough about that. Um, and then once you get towards the end and Jimmy, like they've all managed to get in the lifeboats, get over to this, uh, ship. What kind of ship is that smoke? It's like a, uh, oil barge kind of thing that was just there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just waiting to offload, I guess, to fill
2: yeah, up. let you know, it was like a supply boat. Uh, yeah.
0: It's there. All the survivors managed to get on that ship in various ways. And once they get on there, and then uh, Jimmy, who, you know, Kurt Russell's character, who's the the captain of the ship, right, basically, he uh, reads out the roll call. Like, all right, I'm going to read off the names, and if you're here, yell out your name. And then he gets to people that aren't there, you know, they're not answering, and then you realize they didn't make it, you know. That's pretty sobering, though. You know, like, that really brings it home when they're reading the names off one by one, and then, like, fuck, you know, that sucks. All these dudes didn't yeah. get off.
1: And they do... And most. In the drill room, right, I think, for the most part, I think it was twelve either eleven or twelve I can't remember right now of the was other. eleven yeah 11.
0: yeah, and most of those were for, for the guys that were right there in that uh in that room pressure,
1: pressure and then the explosion itself from the yeah
0: and then you get uh, the the typical thing you get in these kind of movies you know when fade to black and then the words come up like Jimmy survived yeah. you know <laughs> he lived his life, you know blah 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 that kind of stuff then they they i thought it was a pretty good touch where they read or they had the names of all the men that died
2: images yeah, yeah. pictures of them yeah. so that
0: was a nice little touch the only thing i might have done there i know this is a small thing but i would have put the actor's picture next to him just so you can make the connection yeah. of like
1: oh yeah, what, who, it yeah who it was in the yeah. movie versus
0: the real life and and i know what they were trying to do like who cares about the actor you're trying to pay homage to these men that died, but, but it would have been nice in the context of the movie to say like, which guy's this, you know, who am I looking at here? But small thing. I guess, yeah. you know, if you care that much, you go back and figure it out. But none of us nominated this. This was actually a, a will spin because we we were supposed to do cannon fodder this week. Uh, but, but since we're in the middle of the summer disaster, we kind of decided to put cannon fodder, which, you know, where we talk about the cannon films library, we've put that on hiatus this summer, but when the rotation comes back around, I think it's uh, toward the end of August or early September, we will be coming back to cannon fodder in this spot in the rotation. So this is the last one out of cannon fodder and Mm. then back, back to the good times of old cannon (laughs) films after this. But, uh, so I guess I'll start, Uh, like I said, it's somewhat probably criminally underrated in the sense that like, maybe not a lot of people have seen this and those numbers kind of tell the truth of it. But I think this is one that you probably should see, you know, if you like those big blow up type action movies, there's, there's plenty of that for you, but there's also, you know, a pretty good story here of the survivors. And unfortunately the men that were lost and everything, you know, it's just, if you like that true story type of stuff, this is really well done. And I would, I would recommend it. So, um, that being said, just comparing it to a lot of the other movies that we've done here on the show. I mean, it's not something I'm going to go to the well a lot on, not that I wouldn't watch it again. Cause obviously I watch it again for this. I've, I've seen it multiple times now, but it's not one I would openly seek out a lot. So that being said though, I think it's pretty solid. I'm going to say just an even three stars for me for this good flick, just not something I'd watch over and over. So, uh, Donnie, what do you say?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, the thing about, you know, based on true events, um, Especially you know something of this magnitude, you already know the ending. It's not really knocking it at all, but you know kind of echoing what what you said. Um, you know, the action and you know the drama is really the star here. Um, you can and you can really debate whether this is a good movie or not for you know, whatever reason, but no denying that they really nailed the uh, kind of the hopelessness and the the fear of, uh, you know, what a disaster, what this disaster, you know, may have been like for, uh, the crew, the families and, uh, yeah, think, all of that. But, um,
0: movie, I think as a movie too, it did do a good job of building up the suspense to the moment because it yeah. did take 50 minutes to get there. You could like, they, they kept clicking back to it. You know what I mean? Like, here's the story, mm-hmm. this person now let's go underwater and see that the earth is starting to crack. Like, you know, like they, they built you up well to that point where like, Oh, yeah. shit. You know, this is bad. This is going to be bad. This is going to be real bad. And then when it gets there, you see how bad it was.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, for all of those reasons, uh, I'm going to echo your rating and uh, give it three stars.
0: Smoke, what do you say?
1: Yep. Yeah. I can't add much more to, to what y'all said. I agree with all of that. And uh, that it also, that the budget was pretty high and it shows like those, those uh those disaster scenes of the explosions and, and the you know, your oil blowing to the pressure, blowing off plates, blowing off, you know, all that stuff going on was uh, very realistic. I mean, you felt like you were there in the, with them in the moment. Nothing ever really felt like you're watching some big-budget Hollywood movie. I mean, it, you know, but sometimes some of that stuff's hard to do when you have real actors interacting with fiery infernos or whatever. It very much looks like green screen, etc. I never really noticed any of that type of thing with this movie. It's all cut together really well that way as far as whatever whatever green screen type effects or whatever they did weren't noticeable at the you felt like you were there with him, so uh, I thought that was handled well. Like I said, I'd never seen it before, so this was a good, you know, surprise for me. I had no idea how good or whatever the movie was going to be as far as, I knew Kurt Russell was in it, that, that much it was like okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind yeah. of excited about seeing this movie, but coming out afterwards and yeah, it was much better than I expected it to be, uh, but I mean, I think I'm going to echo, echo y'all's ratings as well three, it's uh, it's one, like you said, it's you're not going to watch it over and over and over again, but but it, uh, it is very well made. One that, if it were on, you know, a couple of years or so down the road, I'd watch it again for sure.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like, to me, Kurt Russell is one of those guys where, like, he doesn't make a sh- a sh- shitty movie. You know what I mean? Like, if he's in it, it's probably going to be at least all right. You know? Yeah. From all right to great. It's almost like.
1: Yeah, I, I kinda, he's, great those, he's great to pick a movie
0: up. Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> put him like with Tom Hanks. There's other guys like that, right? Like, the, even if the movie isn't the greatest movie in the world, he's good in it. You know what I mean? So, like, I'll always give those movies a shot when guys like Kurt Russell are in it. So uh, there you go. So that's three stars across the board from us, and I'm sure we'll get Will's uh, thoughts on it at one point or another. But uh, even though this would have been cannon fodder, and even though this isn't a horror movie, we'll still do some of the normal stuff that we do. So. (laughs) Connections Connections
2: from the (laughs) Crankers. (laughs) well yeah so uh this is actually kind of a i don't know if it's an odd connection but um uh so on the cast side we've got gary hecker so gary hecker he did he did some voices in the uh i'm and i'm guessing this is probably like adr or something uh like you know some sort of edit uh sound editing on the uh um you know, in background voices probably. Uh, but he also did some of the uh, uh, alien voices for independence day. Yeah. So that was, you know, just one we did, you know, just a couple of, couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and also in the spook show summer disaster. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that might be one of our it, first disaster connections, right? Immediately to another. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also um, we've got actually it, I, no, it may not be the first, but uh, on the crew side, we've got uh, makeup effects legend Howard Berger. Um, he dates back to past Spook Show episodes of The Green Inferno, Annabelle, Josh's favorite, <laughs> House of Wax, um, Invasion USA, Dr. Giggles, Evil Dead 2, and The Book of Eli.
0: Huh. Oh, yes, there you go, Book of Eli. That's another disaster. Yep. House of Wax. Well, there you go. Uh, Will's not here to give the the official kill count, but I'm going to say 11 because, because unfortunately, 11 people perished in this horrible. <sighs> Rough. Well, I mean, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm, not,
0: I'm not cracking on the real life aspect of them. I'm just saying, as a movie, I mean, you 11 people. So we'll go with that. But let's talk about the kill reel. I like kill. All right, this is where these, this is, this is a bit probably inappropriate for the moment.
2: It's kind of dark. I was like, oh, no. You know what, like, you know,
0: I'm going to say just the explosion. I'm just going to go there and then leave it at that. We don't need to go into the grisly details. Yeah. Because you don't, you know, and and honestly, you know, you can kind of say the same thing about.
1: Gore score.
0: This is a rough pull. I ain't gonna lie.
1: And that, thats what I call them, the Grim. <laughs> <Yeah. like>, uh, <laughs> Yikes! Uh,
2: oh man, I'm oh, just man. cringing over here.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, one scene in this movie that's—it's I mean, not necessarily. It is. It might be the. I guess maybe the gory. This definitely the goriest. or it's the one that makes you cringe the most. Speaking of cringe, but it makes you cringe because of. You know, and I hate to compare this to some uh, splatter movies or whatever, but like zombie, you know, the splinter in the eye scene in zombie, right? Oh God. Well, there's a scene in here where uh, Kurt Russell's character, he's in the shower. That's what happened. I guess it's a true story. Maybe was, you know, when the stuff started going down, none of the alarms were really going off. A little, I forget what happened with that, but the alarms didn't start going off until later on into the incident. Uh, so he's in the shower whenever the explosion, or at least whenever the pressure things blow or whatever, right? Yeah. And he's blown out of the shower. I don't know where the glass, or this glass shower door or whatever it is. But he ended up with a bunch of shards of glass in his face, in his body. Because, I mean, you know, he didn't have any clothes on. The most the most vulnerable position you could be in in this movie <laughs> or in any kind of situation like this is to be in the shower somewhere where you're fully unclosed. So he did, his body had no protection from these shards or whatever. And there's a scene where he pulls that, uh, was it a shard of glass or a shard of metal or something that I, was lodged? I
0: in think, his his think foot. it was glass. Yeah. Probably from the shower door or something in the middle yes. of his foot.
1: Yeah. That, uh, that, that, that I mean, that, yeah. Feel that. Yeah, he, he got,
0: he got rolled up like in that scene, he got rolled yeah. up like, cause he had glass, like all in his face and his
1: body. Mm-hmm. And then in from yeah. damage and stuff, Yeah, uh, didn't see, what to get out to escape. And that's when, uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character made it back in there and found him and, you know, helped him out.
0: I wouldn't necessarily call this a gore movie, but gory movie. Sorry, no. but there are some, some uh, cringy type of things that happen to the people on there, yeah. right? That they show. So just based on yeah, the
1: that, what the other mean? one was the bone when they're trying to get that guy's leg oh, is yeah. stuck yeah, in yeah, the debris or whatever, and they're trying to help him pull him out, pull his leg out, and the
0: the bone the, is the, the, uh, his leg the
1: compound inside. fracture of his bone sticking out, yeah. like not allowing him. To get, yeah, that's.
0: It's Again, another a
1: moment where you like ah you know just you feel that pain. So yeah,
0: there's a few of those in here. Yeah. So did you want to place a number on it? Considering you know there's a lot, not a lot there, but there's enough to
1: make. You well, push? yeah, just, I think just those two cringe-inducing scenes. As far as and then by cringe, I just mean that it you know makes you you feel you, you just feel the pain of it of the situation. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, other than that, I mean, there's you know there's explosions and things going off and people get tossed around and look you know. Debris and things hitting people and all that, but it's not made to be. You know, they're they're showing the disaster aspect. They're not trying to get into the gruesome, yeah, yeah. what maybe happened to actually happened to the BC people's you know bodies and whatnot. So, so yeah, they're not. I can't remember if it was rated PG thirteen.
0: Yeah, it was PG thirteen.
1: So yeah, so yeah, they're not. They're not trying to get into all that to to make it exploitative or anything. But those two scenes alone, right, there are enough to make you like. I think I'd have to raise it up to about a, at least a, a four. Maybe a five. Why not? I'll go with a four on it because I mean it's not. Again, it's not. It's PG thirteen movie, and we're not talking about crazy gore and all yeah, that. But those yeah. two scenes, and I'm actually kind of surprised they got that one in there PG thirteen with him pulling that shard out of his foot. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: that's pretty damn rough. Yeah. That,
0: that, so it, probably I
1: mean, that might be the goriest PG thirteen movie we've had on
0: here. <laughs> I mean, like
1: probably, like I said, it's not a gore. It's not meant to be gory or whatever. It's just.
0: Yeah, you usually don't get to yeah. this even this level of violence in a PG thirteen movie. So yeah, I guess that 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 pretty much wraps it up here for uh, Deepwater Horizon. We'll leave it there. Um, the uh, usual aggregates though, they gave it. IMDb gave it seven point one out of ten stars, uh, which is pretty good. You know, for the that it's a high average. Uh, Metacritic it got a, a meta score of sixty eight, which that's out of a hundred, so that's that's pretty good and. Uh, by and large, the critics agreed over on Rotten Tomatoes on its tomato meter, certified fresh, 82%, and the exact same score for the audience score, 82%. That's rare that you get the <laughs> tomato meter and the audience score to line up perfectly at 82%. So I think by and large, we've, we pretty much agree. Like, It's not one you're going to watch over and over again just because of what kind of story it is. But for what you get here, it's it's pretty well done. And if you have overlooked it for random reasons. I think you should give it a chance and go check it out. So I think we all agree there. So,
1: um, and one thing I didn't deserve to flop, I don't think at the box office, uh, (laughs) I don't know what um, happened with it.
0: Probably just the time of year. If you think about it, it came out on September 30th. Everybody's kind of in that Halloween mode by then. Mm. That probably, that probably didn't help. If this had come out maybe earlier in the year or hell, maybe even in the heart of the summer, it might've done better than this. You know, that's just a marketing flow by, uh, uh, who, who was it that uh, put this out? It was uh, Universal or who, whoever it was. They they, they kind of shit the bed on the release schedule there for that. But otherwise, you know, I think you should give it a chance. So there you go. And uh, hopefully we'll get Will's thoughts on uh on that sooner or later. But we're actually moving uh, back to normal programming. I mean, we're still in the summer disaster. But this falls more into exactly what we do here. Because it's, it's been a minute. Well, you know, last week we did 28 weeks later. But we haven't done a whole hell of a lot of horror throughout the summer disaster but we're going to fix that next week. We're going to be watching the thing. John yeah, carp- carp- John Carpenter's <laughs> classic. The Thing. Yes, from 1982. And 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 unintentionally it ends up being a week to week uh Kurt Russell double feature, right? <laughs> yeah. Another one of those <laughs> we just tripped into, going back to the Kurt Russell yeah. well. We haven't done a lot of John Carpenter either. Hadn't we already established that before too? Like this might be, the um, worst, or was there another one that I'm blanking on? Uh, other than just his involvement in the horror, in I mean, uh, Halloween, Halloween uh, the new one, yeah. you know that new trilogy.
2: I yeah, yeah. It, uh, other, know, other than that, yeah. I you don't know, think no. we've done one. And, you know,
1: so yeah, that's
2: weird. Great,
1: <laughs> we're a horror <laughs> podcast, and we and we've been on for how many five going on oh, five yes, years, and so we haven't I, done a yes, John Carpenter for five years. Until now.
0: Five years in October this Halloween it So yeah.
1: Well, yeah. we're well over, you know, we're there's, it wasn't intentional. It's crazy. No, no, I it just felt that way.
0: But yeah, there we go. The, the brief synopsis on IMDb is a research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. That's really all you need to know. So get ready, go check it out, go find it, watch it. I, I'm going to, um, spoiler alert. It's awesome. Go check it out. I don't think our our ratings are going to be a secret here for this one, so we'll we'll find out next week. So, um, how is this a disaster? Well, you all, you go watch the movie and you tell me. You tell me. so yep. we'll, we'll discuss we'll discuss it next week. So uh, for Will, who couldn't be with us, Donnie the Professor Smoke. I'm Josh. We are the All American Spook Show, and we will talk to you next week for the thing.
1: So goodbye everybody, and remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight.